This episode is sponsored by Pacton Park, Australia's only free-range British butchery. Have a look at their award-winning products, including pork pies, black pudding and haggis. Go to www.pacton.com.au. It's not until you go abroad that you really appreciate the food you can get at home. For example, in Australia, if you go to a fish and chip shop, you have to ask for salt and vinegar on your chips. Otherwise, they'll give you something called chicken salt. I'd quite happily pay $5 if I could get hold of a bag of prawn cocktail flavoured crisps. And pork pies, well, our next guest is a bright spark who decided to make his own. Hi, I'm Jim Arrowsmith from Chorley in Lancashire, Northwest England. We're out here being free-range British butchers. And <laughs> now I'm a Brit Australian, and I've been a Brit Australian for 15 years. What would I class you as a butcher? Um, well, <laughs> not really. Uh, well, I'll tell you the story, I suppose. So um, my, my business partner, Pete Tong, and I from Chorley were backpacking around Australia. We couldn't find a decent pork pie for loving the money. So this was in 2006. So we thought we'd make them ourselves. So whereas Pete's, Pete was a, a chef in the UK, disillusioned chef, loves food, hates chefing. Uh, I got a business degree from Liverpool University and we were travelling around. And um, yeah, here we are now. I love his name. I Pete know, Tong. I know. He got him so much credence as a, as a kid. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, you just came over from England with your backpacks and you were cruising around Australia, were you? <laughs> well, that was it. Yeah, like I say, just couldn't find a decent pork pie full of the money. So uh, my godfather, he had a, a pig farm and uh, he was from Yorkshire as well. So he um, he said, buy my pigs and you can have an old dairy to turn into a little factory, an old farmhouse to live in. We said, thank you very much. We'll do just that. So we converted this dairy into a commercial kitchen. We um, built our own stainless steel benches and what have you. And then we, we got signed off by the local council and we had to teach ourselves to butcher. So we got this DVD. We took the old TV and this was, you know, 14, 15 years ago, took the old TV from the house into the factory to learn to butcher. It's a real, a real rustic start. Um, where we were in Bunnaloo, the population was like four. There was, you couldn't get any staff. So our first staff were backpackers. So we had 50 backpackers over two years. How old were you at the time? Wrote the business plan when I was 18. So fresh out of uni. So we would have started the business at 22, I think. Yeah. Did you intend to come out here and set up a business? Was it part of your plan? Um, well, I'd just done business studies and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Pete had hated chefing and his family were all quite business minded. You know, they all had their own businesses. So I suppose when the opportunity sort of came up and we didn't know what to do, you got to do something with your life. So we thought, well, let's just give this a punt. And it's, um, we've had, we've had highs and we've had lows, you know, but that's what small business is. But it's a high, it's been an enjoyable journey. It really has. Were you, were you actually backpackers at the time that you set this up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pete actually had to go back and wait for his visa to come through to come back to Australia. So we we were backpacking. We've sort of finished our, our stint of backpacking. We use the farmers like base camp. We go off to Byron Bay or, or wherever and then um, wondering what to do with your life. So we thought, well, let's let's do this. Yeah, wow. Okay, so tell us what you do. What do you produce? Our premium product is the pork pie. Um, we make Australia's only award-winning haggis, of all things. Uh, we won the Delicious Award, which was the biggest sort of small producers award. The ceremony was in Sydney Opera House. 
and it was huge, a big deal. Good for but you. But you can't sell haggis for love and the money, or we thought, whereas it's taken us a long time to get it going, but now we, we sell a huge amount. How easy is it to set up a business in Australia, especially as a backpacker? I mean, how do you even do that? That's amazing. Uh, you, no, well, you can't. You can't. If, if I had my time over, I wouldn't do it the, the way I have done it. It's been very, very... We, pure naivety of Peter and I when we started, like really naive but i think that's how you get into business by having no idea how hard it is like we had a, a newspaper article first of december 2009 in the age and the phone just rang off the hooks so we were doing 48 hour days i think my average sleep for the month of december was like two hours i was hallucinating by christmas like it it has we've had moments like that you know we've had equipment breakdowns we've had all sorts of real things you know been on the bread line but then we've had all these, you know, wonderful things happen as well. You know, it's sort of shut one door, window opens, that sort of business. <laughs> but it's paid off. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's highly enjoyable, good fun. We meet an awful lot of Brits in our line of work. We really do. And it's, it's so nice. You know, I've had people phone me up crying on the phone because they've been over here for, you know, 30 years and had a pork pie and, you know, things like that. So it's quite, you get that sort of real pleasure from people's excitement and experience and, yeah, when I stopped doing farmers markets because of COVID and telling people, look, this is my last market, you know, the amount of, amount of fully grown men that were in tears was quite incredible. So, you know, I know their monthly pork pie stop, pork pie and a chat. <laughs> and, I know. Is it people who've been over here for years then, mostly? Um, a mixture, a real mixture. Um, people that have been here over here for a long, long time, like £10 poms, they often um, have an idea of what food is like in the UK, which isn't quite realistic these days you know uh, they left at a time when things were quite different more the younger generation i suppose now that we're here they don't understand the lack of pork pies like we first found when we got over it's i don't know it's just um different experiences different people different locations isn't it so just for anyone who is listening in the uk yeah. they probably don't realize this but in australia sausages are predominantly made from beef aren't they in australia Beef and lamb are the main sort. And I always wonder, why do the sausages taste so weird in Australia? And you you don't even think, oh, it may be a different meat. So um, when we started, Australians don't understand what a pork pie is. They don't. A cold pie to them is just something unnatural. You know, I always, I always use a little catchphrase, you know, warm beer and cold pies. That's what we poms like. You know, it's a different thing, but they just don't quite – they do get it a lot now, you know, the, the, the food – the British sort of – Food period is quite big, you know. MasterChef, the, the big TV show, two of the three judges of Poms. Um, you've got Hess and you've got Gordon Ramsay. So we, we've got a real, like, they understand a lot more now than they did when we first started. So fair <laughs> yeah. enough. So that, so you do get quite a few Aussie customers. Then that's nice to know. So how many pork pies do you produce in a week? Christmas, we do probably triple any other week of the year, but around the two thousand pork pies a week mark. Yeah, that's a lot. But then pork pies would be, what, 20 to 25% of what we do. Puddings would be um, maybe 30. So when I say puddings, black pudding, white pudding and haggis. Uh, bacon would be 25%. Sausages and gammon and all that sort of other oddities make up the remainder. Yeah. I bet the uh, black and white puddings are popular. Huge. Winter is just incredible. Yeah, we... Um, Summer comes and it's not quite as big. People are barbecuing and things. But, yeah, black pudding we've been really lucky with. Um, and Australia, different states have different food laws. So that's why we're just inside New South Wales because when we started, you, you weren't supposed to make black pudding in Victoria or at our council 
wouldn't let us make black pudding. So why is that? Uh, because you're using fresh blood. So they've got the Australian New Zealand food standards, and everyone interprets them slightly differently. So in um, New South Wales, they, they interpret it one way, Victoria different. So being on the border, we actually live in Victoria. The business is in New South Wales, so we sort of, you know, <laughs> we have the best of both worlds. So we have the worst of both worlds as well sometimes. Do you have the same time zone? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, but there's a couple of towns on the East Coast between New South Wales and Queensland. Yeah. And they celebrate New Year's an hour apart because of the time difference. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> Such a big place. Yeah, it is. So you were here as backpackers, you set up on your godfather's farm. Yeah, that's right. And then you started hiring other backpackers to come and help you out. Well, backpackers needed a um, to get a residency for a year. They had to do three months in rural Australia. So during that period, we get backpackers for three months stints. So backpackers are great, but it takes you know nine months to learn what you're doing in our our line of work. So um, yeah, no, we've got we've got an Irish butcher there. We've got an Irish. We've got a couple of English still working for us, and and then uh, a few Australians and a Sri Lankan. So we've got a <laughs> got a mix. Oh, yeah. right, nice mix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has COVID affected your business at all? Uh, well, when COVID kicked off, half our business was cafes, restaurants, and they all had to close down. So that was hugely problematic. But the benefits from that, and I used to do farmers markets every weekend, so I was working every weekend. Whereas now we've picked up so many supermarkets and butchers and high-end retailers that we're doing more than we ever have done. And I don't have to get up on a Saturday morning at 3 a.m., which is marvellous. That's amazing. <laughs> well done. So your business has picked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been really good for business. Would you say that most of your customers are British? At first, at first they certainly were all POMs, um, whereas now, because we sort of target a fine food market as well, certain products, will, like Scots, will be almost, what, 80% of our haggis sales. Gammon joints, whenever Nigella Lawson is on telly at Christmas, Aussies all try and get their gammon joints. And, and you must remember the amount of Aussies that are lived in the UK. So they sort of get hooked on the scotch eggs and the pork pies and what have you. Did you know that pork pies originate from Leicestershire? Yeah, Melton Mowbray. I know I've done my research. Have you been there? <laughs> I have, I have. Uh, Jane and I, we went. We did a UK pork pie tour. We went to 50 of the best pork pie makers from um, Skipton on the Yorkshire Dales, which is like the northern powerhouse, all the way down to Melton Mowbray. So I was in sort of like pork pie heaven. They, they just taught us so many tips and tricks. So the pork pie we make will probably be the closest you know, Southern Hemisphere pork pie to theirs anyway. Yeah. Brilliant. So you really have done your research then. Oh, don't you worry. We, we last, uh, well, um, a year and a half ago, we were back in. So we did a, a black pudding tour this time. And for our honeymoon, we did a pork pie tour. <laughs> <laughs> how romantic. I know. I'm a true romantic. <laughs> so how often do you go back to the UK? Uh, we try for every two years. And how long would you normally go back for? Uh, four weeks. But then it'd be three weeks on the ground and sort of a week either side traveling because, you know, it's a get down to the, the airport, the flights, etc. So, yeah. So where you're located, it looks to me, I looked at the maps and it looks like you're in the middle of the countryside. It's like a three hour drive to Melbourne and about eight or nine hours drive to Sydney. What is it like being out there in the sticks? That That is quite right. Well... It's funny. It's uh, Chukamoama. It's Australia's furthest inland port. The climate is central Italian, so we've got lots of vineyards. There's a huge amount of weddings in Chuka every year. Like it's a really, a really beautiful spot. 
it is a bit painful being so far away. And, and Australia isn't like the UK where, you know, you can just nip to your local town. Everything's run through the cities, really, Perth. Sydney, Melbourne, they are the hubs. You know, populations of Melbourne is, what, 3.5 million. Like everything is through that city. So if we want to supply, you know, even two hours up the road, we've got to send it via Melbourne, Sydney, and then back over, you know, which is a, a 24-hour trip. So it makes it tricky with our refrigerated logistics, getting it to different customers around the country. And, you know, a pallet will take three days to get somewhere, which is quite tough when you've got limited shelf life on your, your pork pies. Yeah, so where do you mostly sell to? Yeah, so we, we, we're two and a half hours from Melbourne. Um, so Melbourne would be maybe 70% of our market, but we sell in Adelaide, um, Brisbane, Sydney. And I, every Christmas, I send so many boxes of pork pies to Perth Airport for people to pick up. Are you from sort of a rural area back home? Uh, we, Chorley is, um, is a small market town. So it's in between. Preston, Bolton, Blackburn, Wigan. So it's sort of a, you know, it's suburbs, really. We didn't have a cinema in Chorley, whereas we've got a cinema here that you can actually take a beer into the cinema. Like the climate is just fantastic, you know, nice and hot. Winter's cold, like it gets down to two degrees, but quite dry. So the sun still shines every day. So you have a barbecue at the end of the day. Like it, it has that sort of variant in temperature. Just a, yeah, it's a really nice spot. And we're just far enough away from Melbourne to be, you know, not and and when you drive, I say two and a half hours. It will take two and a half hours. Like I do one farmers market a month in St Kilda in Melbourne. Take me two two and a half hours to get there. I'll pass about five cars before I get to Melbourne. You know, it's just there's no one on the roads. Desert roads, cruise control, audio book. You know. Uh, British Australia podcast and I'm sorted. That's right. Yeah, you don't need. Uh, you're not going to get stuck in traffic like on the motorways back home, are you? I've not since I've moved in Australia, to Australia. I've had to queue at all but you don't queue that's one of the big things you know never never really in traffic jam but then i don't live in the city even you know going into a supermarket you don't really queue right so tell us about your wife then she was a backpacker when you met at your farm wasn't she so a school friend of mine she was a mutual friend of his they met skiing in canada she was an environmental scientist from rochdale i've been from chorley so we grew up 20 miles from each other she came to work in the great barrier reef came down to visit the farm to visit this mutual friend. We fell in love and... Oh, bless you. And did she plan on staying in Australia before she met you? Was it her intention no, no, to stay? No, not at all, not at all. It was just, I think, uh, much to her family's mortification, you know, it was just a brief stint. But, you know, she loves it and we've got two kiddiewinks now. So it's, um, and it's a lovely place to bring up kids as well. Definitely. How old are your children? Um, one's two and a half and one's just over four months. The eldest, Isabel, the youngest, Edward. And your children are obviously growing up as little Australians now. Uh, well, yes, yes. We, we try and give them as many British mannerisms and sayings and things as humanly possible. But no, we, we can't alienate them from their, their, uh, their playmates and <laughs> make them sing the national anthem or anything like that. But no. <laughs> so do you have any other family out here with you? Um, it's just us. My my great aunt has just moved to the local town. She was a GP down on the coast in Australia. She she moved out forty years ago with her husband. So she's in the only other family we have in town. Yeah, but it's nice to have her nearby. She's in her late eighties. So. And um, do you think you're going to stay in Australia forever, or do you, is there a chance that you'll go back? Uh, no, no, I I think we're we're set. I'll I'll want to be in a position where I can visit the UK more regular than I do but um for we always try and plan it to get those two weeks of British summer and we've we've 
we've got it the last couple of times we've been. So we just sort of plan the right time of year. Whenever, whenever I feel like I want to go back to the UK, I just think about February. February in England is so miserable. So uh, <laughs> I pinch myself. <laughs> I made the mistake of going home in February once. I left 40 degrees in Perth and flew into like, oh God, it was like one degree or something in England. It was freezing. Big mistake. Big mistake. <laughs> England is the, the best place to be in summer. It really, well, the UK is the best. It's fantastic, fantastic place. And it's a very, you know, Australia is great. And Australia, I think every part of the world has their time in the sun. And Australia certainly is having that at the moment. You know, we've dodged COVID. The food scene's great. It's a good lifestyle thing. But the, the UK just has, I don't know, that what I really miss is the history. I miss, you know, you can walk to a pub in Australia. You really have to drive everywhere. You know, it's those little tiny things I do miss but is there anything food wise that you miss uh Greg's sausage roll um well look we're trying to recreate everything that we really miss you know pork pie scotch eggs black pudding haggis those are the those are the big things um the sandwich game in the UK is phenomenal like sandwiches aren't as big over here at all um really it's the baked goods baked goods in the uk and having the access to european stuff so out here you know the, the wines are very good in australia but i go back to the uk and i'll buy australian wine and it's terrible compared to i think they just put it in big goon bags and just freight it over so the wine in australia is very good yeah but when i'm in the uk i drink tea and drink beer when i'm in australia i drink wine and drink coffee i think those are the big yeah. sort of differences yeah yeah jim's butchery packton park provides all of the British butcher products that he just mentioned. Go to their website to see their stockists and find out where you can get hold of some of their yummy pork pies and haggis in Australia, all made using traditional British recipes. Go to www.pacton.com.au. That's P-A-C-D-O-N.com.au. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram, just follow Pacton Park. In last week's episode, we heard from Sarah from Somerset, who came over as a backpacker and is now a mum to two little girls, both born in Australia. So I asked our Brit-Australian parents in the Facebook community group where their children were born. And half of those who voted in the poll said... All of their children were born in the UK. Only one said they didn't have children and the rest of them had at least one child who was born in Australia. If you're enjoying the Brit Australian podcast, don't forget to share it with your mates and join us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Brit Australian. <laughs> 